Morning. Today we'll be reading from Proverbs 31, verses 10, 30, and 31. A good woman is hard to find and worth far more than diamonds. The woman to be admired and praised is the woman who lives in the fear of God. Give her everything she deserves. Festoon her life with praises. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Well, thank you for the reading. Those two passages will bookmark the rest of the message, which will be read from the message translation. I want to thank you, church, for allowing me to share God's word with you. And it's truly a gift to me to come back and bring something to this congregation after this church has done so much for our family and our time here in Hawaii. Let's begin in prayer. Eternal Father, thank you for this message. I'm just the jar of clay. Pray that you be between me and the people, that you accomplish a great work in this room today, not by strength nor by might, but by your spirit. Amen. Proverbs 31. How many Mother's Day sermons do you think this text has inspired? How many women do you think have inwardly cringed a little when the pastor began to expound upon the many virtues of this famous and for some infamous woman. Today, I believe God is inviting us into an expanded understanding of this passage, an understanding that I hope will leave us all swelling with joy instead of cringing in dread. Let's begin by using our imaginations. Let's picture two different women within two different cultures relating to the same passage of Scripture in two completely different ways. Our first woman is attending a Christian women's retreat. She and her friends are gathered to listen to a sermon on the virtues of the Proverbs 31 woman. This isn't the first time she's heard of this formidable female who seems to achieve the unachievable. Pinterest board perfection is the standard as this domestic diva on steroids somehow manages to spend quality time alone with her husband, gives herself entirely over to her children, rises early to make the first meal, then does the shopping while organizing the household tasks. In addition, she seems to work a full-time job because when she makes business decisions, she even then goes and invests the money in new endeavors. Somehow, in whatever spare time could possibly be found in the midst of this schedule, she still finds time to volunteer where she helps those in need and extends her hand to the poor. Perhaps she at least looks stressed and perhaps disheveled amidst the job, the kids, and the volunteer work. That would at least make us feel better. But no... She's self-assured, kind, and apparently a spiffy dresser. Her lamp never goes out as she works nearly around the clock. We may think, well, she's probably overlooked, marginalized, and taken for granted. On the contrary, she seems to never go unappreciated as those around her notice her, thank her, 
and praise her as she trots along her Grand Slam home run days. Our Christian woman at the retreat doesn't know whether to be inspired or to be crushed by this passage. In her honest moments, it seems being a godly woman means working her fingers to the bone and somehow loving it. She's told these are sacred roles in which she will find her greatest fulfillment. She takes notes, smiles, and tries to look inspired. She isn't even married yet, and she isn't sure she will ever be up to this task. She wonders to herself, if this is the married version, can I at least get a look at the singles version? She understands there are many other women, married and unmarried, who feel excluded by circumstances they cannot change. What are they to make of this passage? She wonders what God wants from her and how she should feel about the sermon. Our second woman is Jewish. It's Friday evening, and she is busily preparing for Shabbat, or the Sabbath. The oldest son walks up to his mother and hugs her around the shoulder and says with an appreciating smile, I set Hayel. This Hebrew phrase means woman of valor or soldiering woman. The table is set, and parents and grandparents and children, both young and old, take their seats. The family looks around like they are about to sing happy birthday to the important women and their family. They start into a familiar song, a little off kilter, some struggling with the complex Hebrew words, but unite in the same rhythm as they sing the traditional Iset Hayel, what we call Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31. Men and women are present, and smiles are on all faces as they sing over their women. Their eyes dance around to ensure each woman knows that they are singing to and for them all. The grandfather's eyes looks from his bride as if to the horizon and back again, knowing that the tradition he was taught explains that the song honors all Jewish women throughout scriptures and throughout their history. He had been taught his whole life to sing it before Shabbat, even when there are no women present. Our Jewish woman, surrounded by her family, is reminded once again, as she is most Friday evenings, that she's valued, admired, and respected. She leaves the table feeling just as God intended, like a valiant soldier receiving her medal for making it through another week. Two different women within two different cultures relating to the same passage of Scripture in two completely different ways. The Christian woman is being taught a prescriptive way of applying Proverbs 31 to her life. After all, it does seem pretty straightforward. God obviously provided this text as an example of how a godly woman should live in the world. The entire chapter seems to be a son's mother simply explaining how the wife of noble character goes about her day. This is understandable as many of our English translations lend themselves to this notion. The Jewish woman, on the other hand, has been handed a tradition by a people who simply read it in their own Hebrew language. Her imagination, her emotions, and her intellect are captivated by the true intention of this text. She understands that Proverbs 31 is actually a descriptive portion of Scripture that is meant to celebrate the many facets of godly womanhood. If you look in your first sermon note, 
One woman is taught a prescriptive model for living that involves being a wife and mother, while the other woman is taught a descriptive model that celebrates all godly women. One woman is faced with an impossible challenge, and the other woman is bathed in celebration, taking her place among the countless women who have blessed their homes and communities throughout the ages. Isn't it fascinating? how the same exact passage is influencing families and communities in vastly different ways. How did both these women find themselves immersed in such different interpretations and application? To answer that question, we need to explore why Jews all over the world would read or sing this passage to their women and spontaneously praise them with Iset Hayel. If you look at your second sermon note, would it surprise you to hear that verses 10 through 31 of this chapter chapter combined to create an acrostic poem. It is actually a 22-line stanza that starts with the beginning letter in the Hebrew alphabet, Aleph, and ends with the final letter in the Hebrew alphabet, Tav. The poem's inclusion of the entire Hebrew alphabet is a poetic symbol for completion, what we might refer to as the A to Z, Aleph to Tav. In Greek, it would be the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. If you look at your third sermon note, the passage opens in verse 10, calling our attention to a particular type of woman, not a particular type of role. Likewise, the passage ends in verses 30 through 31, which proceeds after the many roles she plays in her lifetime and calls our attention back to the fact that this was a particular type of of woman, a woman who lives a life of reverent faith in God. The poem seems to be referring to an individual woman at first blush. Does it take long, however, until we realize that this cannot be about any one person's daily tasks? All the descriptions of the woman cannot be filled by one woman at one time. Perhaps some women fill these roles at different moments in their lives throughout their lifetime. However, godly women collectively are doing these things every single day. It may be helpful to to view the Proverbs 31 woman as a prism. Just as a prism is one prism, but its refracted light is broken into many colors, so the Proverbs 31 woman is one woman who poetically refracts the light to showcase all our godly women in all their splendor, and diversity. The term Iset Hayel is taken literally from verse 10 in our text. The Hebrew word for woman in this passage is Iset, which means woman or female. Even though the term is often translated as wife or mother, it is important to note that the Hebrew word does not in and of itself mean a wife or a mother. It is best translated here as woman. The last thing this text does is define a woman merely by her roles. As the Proverbs 31 woman takes stage, the curtains open, the spotlight shines down upon her, and it is her faith and character that move into the first scene. The poem concludes after one spectacular show. The crowd shouts encore. She comes out, takes her final bow to the praises of her people as one thing a woman who lives in the reverence and fear of God. 
she is that being that the book of Genesis calls Azer, which is sometimes translated as the understated word, help me. Again, the Hebrew provides a better understanding of this word. Azer is used several times when referring to the type of help that God provides to his people. One of the many examples is Psalm 146, verse 5. Blessed is the one whose Azer is the God of Jacob, whose hope is on Yahweh as his God. When God created woman as an Azer in Genesis, she was created to be literally the strong help of God. The word Hayel is used many times in the Bible. Approximately 70% of the time, Hayel is used in a military context, referring to valor or is calling attention to the potential for strength. For example, in Deuteronomy 3.18, the scripture is often translated, The Lord your God has given you this land to possess it. All you valiant men shall cross over, armed before your brothers, the sons of Israel. It is the same word, Hayel. All you Hayel men shall cross over, armed before your brothers, the sons of Israel. For many Jews today, when they declare, I set Hayel over their women, they are saying, wow, let's take a moment to appreciate this warrior. What a valorous woman. And if you look in your fourth sermon note, the phrase may be easily translated, woman of valor. As the Iset Hayel progresses through the passage, we behold a woman who is also a confidant, a shopper, a cook, a businesswoman, an investor, a teacher, a hard worker, a decorator, a volunteer, a counselor, an organizational manager, and she finds time to lean into her physicality, making her arms strong. Too often, our women get the message that in order for them to be of worth, they must first fulfill a role. However, this passage celebrates first and last, A to Z, Alpha to Omega, Aleph to Tav, that the Imago Dei, or the image of God within a woman, is of infinite value and glorifies God best when she is simply living her life of faith, being herself, just doing what she does. We just need eyes to see, and this poem is bifocals for our souls. It has been said that poetry are words from which we can never retreat. Poetic words infiltrate our perspective, awaken us to the beauty of those things around us, and challenge us to not retreat from holding a renewed perspective. Your fifth sermon note. The poetic genre in this passage was meant to put a magnifying glass on the many things a woman may feel are plain and ordinary. As we read its words, we are all invited to join God in declaring that these ordinary things are actually extraordinary things. The sixth sermon note. The passage begins, A good woman, or the valorous woman, is hard to find and worth far more than diamonds. Our text opens comparing woman to a jewel. The roles she plays throughout her life are simply ways she is catching the light as the jewel rotates in the sun. As we turn the jewel, there is a sparkle. It reads, her husband trusts her without reserve and never has reason to regret it. Never spiteful, she treats him generously all her life long. The godly woman is a natural confidant. 
She protects the reputation of those who confide in her. She is generous with her time and her ears. So for every woman who lends a trusting ear, I set Hayel. When you offer your ears and your time, you are offering the strong help of God. You can't help but want to offer comfort. It's who you are, and thank you for being trustworthy. As we continue to turn the jewel, we see this sparkling in the sun. She shops around for the best yarns and cottons and enjoys knitting and sewing. She's like a trading ship that sails to faraway places and brings back exotic surprises. Our women are constantly knitting and sewing. Their tedious projects often lead to glorious garments. Most of our educations have been knitted and sewed into existence by women. They are knitting together our greatest memories in the home every holiday. Most of us are wearing their garments and our personalities and intellect every day. God is also celebrating in this passage the fact that women, most women, like to shop. It brings them glory. It's a wondrous thing. Our women are like trading ships that sail away and bring back exotic surprises. Hopefully not an exotic amount on the credit card. God loves watching our women do what they do in the same way God is delighted in his creation just being what they were created to be. I hate grocery shopping. I have a hard time finding things. As one comedian put it, it's like someone took my food, disassembled it, spread it across an entire grocery store, and then played hide-and-seek with it. It's terrible. With that said, how many times have I been guilty of moaning along with the kids as my wife pulls up with the groceries? We don't want to stop what we're doing and help put them up. Oh, no, here she comes again, mom with the groceries. Then this poem comes along, and God invites us all to say, look at our merchant of ships, our Iset Hayel, who transforms our dirt brown minivan into the USS Awesome Sauce and brings back all types of food and goodies. She knows what each person wants to eat and what they think is a special treat. If this wasn't enough, she then cooks it so we all ingrates can have a meal together. (laughs) And you know what? Of course she does this. She can't help it. It's just coming from this gift of who she is, being the way she was made. Don't hold back her praise. Our merchant of ships is amazing. How about our women who may not be either a wife or a mother? Let's turn the jewel again, and we see the woman of valor making business decisions investing her money, and working hard. The text reads, she looks over a field and buys it. Then, with the money she's put aside, plants a garden. First thing in the morning, she dresses for work, rolls up her sleeves, eager to get started. She senses the worth of her work, is in no hurry to call it quits for the day. This one applies to all our hard-working women of faith. Our women don't always find themselves in the easiest predicaments. Some of them are breaking glass ceilings in jobs that used to be reserved primarily for men. Our students, our singles, our working parents, the single mom, the military woman, the dual and triple and quadruple-headed of our congregation, we say to you, I set Hayel. Look at you go. You just can't help it. It's who you are, and we celebrate that with you today. Wait. It goes on. 
The gym is glistening in the sun. You see this one every week. It's our women in the church and in the community quietly and faithfully volunteering. It reads, she's quick to assist anyone in need. She reaches out to help the poor. This jewel sparkles in every church nursery across the world and in our soup kitchens across the nation. It just sits there gleaming, often unnoticed while they babysit as they teach a Sunday school lesson and organize meals for those who are going through a hard time. It catches the light during VBS and Awana. It gleams when they were the only one to stop what they were doing and ask a crying child, what's the matter? And then actually wanted to hear about it. Our churches would fall apart without them. Our meritorious women are the glue holding the world, our families, our communities, our friendships, and our families together. Pin a medal to their chest, champions of our cause, soldiering on, just can't stop, won't stop. Our azers are strong help from God. Let's turn the jewel again to arrive at the verse that reads, she doesn't worry about her family when it snows. Their winter clothes are all mended and ready to wear. She makes her own clothing and dresses in colorful linens and silks. The chapter goes on to say her clothes are well-made and elegant. She always faces tomorrow with a smile. This passage isn't just about women who like to dress up. These verses are describing the God-bestowed ability of women to beautify this world. Have you ever considered that the little girl playing dress-up in the mirror is actually reflecting a facet of our creator, the ultimate beauty maker, who, according to Scripture, clothes himself in splendor? Every day in our homes and communities, our women create beauty for us all to enjoy. To the little girl playing dress-up in the mirror, I set Hayel. She will one day grow to not only look fabulous, but make sure those she loves look fabulous as well. And as she walks with the Lord, she will do her part along the way to make the world a little bit more fabulous as well. Let's turn the jewel once more until we arrive at the portion of this passage that reads, when she speaks, she has something worthwhile to say, and she always says it kindly. It goes on to read, she keeps an eye on everyone in her household and keeps them all busy and productive. Here we see what a grave mistake it would be to dismiss the invaluable insights of our godly women. The Imago Dei is in their eyes, their minds, and their mouths as they offer us wisdom we can't access anywhere else. This passage hones in on the great gift of our so-called bossy girls and women. Often we flippantly decry bossiness as some kind of annoyance. However, this poem celebrates the watchful eye of a godly woman who is exercising her divine bestowed ability to organize the world around her. To those who have retreated and felt ashamed at the thought of being out of place because they were assertive, and for those whose wisdom has been too often overlooked, I set Hayel. May you find words here that may cause you to never retreat from your gift and your calling. Time constraints prevent us from exhausting everything this acrostic poem has to offer us today. It would be like trying to cover everything from A to Z. What we glean from our imagery of the prism's refracted light is that every role and natural characteristic of the godly woman in every season of her life is not only acceptable to our God, but is deserving of praise. 
To that end, let's take a moment to experience what many Jewish families practice before every Sabbath day. A good woman is hard to find and worth far more than diamonds. Her husband trusts her without reserve, never has a reason to regret it, never spiteful, she treats him generously all her life long. She shops around for the best yarns and cottons and enjoys knitting and sewing. She's like a trading ship that sells to faraway places and brings back exotic surprises. She's up before dawn preparing breakfast for her family and organizing our day. She looks over a field and she buys it. Then with the money she's put aside, she plants a garden. First thing in the morning, she dresses for work, rolls up her sleeves to get started. She senses the worth of her work, is in no hurry to call it quits for the day. She's skilled in the crafts of home and hearth, diligent in homemaking. She's quick to assist everyone in need and reaches out to the poor. She doesn't worry about her family when it snows. Their winter clothes are mended and ready to wear. She makes her own clothing and dresses in colorful linen and silks. Her husband is greatly respected when he deliberates with the city fathers. She designs gowns and sells them, brings the sweaters she knits to the dress shops. Her clothes are well-made and elegant, and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, she has something worthwhile to say, and she says it kindly. She keeps an eye on everyone in her household and keeps them all busy and productive. Her children respect her and bless her. Her husband joins in with words of praise. Many women have done wonderful things, but you outclass them all. Charm can mislead, and beauty soon fades. The woman to be admired and praised is the woman who lives in the fear of God. Give her everything she deserves. Festoon her life with praises. Thank you to our readers, and what a brave moment to share that with our congregation. A vulnerable, a healing, a reconciling, a renewable moment. Perhaps you're sitting in the congregation today, and you've had bad experiences with women. Perhaps your perception of them has been tainted, your attitude darkened. I have good news for you. Proverbs 31 is for you, too. It is for us all. This passage has the potential to be incredibly healing in our lives as we allow our eyes to be open to the image of the living God alive and thriving inside all of our godly women. Look around you today. There are godly women all over this room from which we can learn, be inspired, and receive all manner of blessing. Pastor Josh has prepared a closing piece of music in the tradition of singing these passages over our congregation. My prayer is that it washes over each of our souls today, men and women alike. I pray that you women of faith realize that this passage is affirming you and celebrating you because you bring God glory by just being you and doing what you do. I pray that we men have our eyes open to the priceless jewels that sit beside us and serve among us, and that our own hearts will be healed and restored in this process. I pray that these will be words that you can't retreat from, that they will be bifocals for our souls to see the beauty within these jewels of faith. For those who didn't have a passage read over them, allow these words to transform your ordinary into God's extraordinary. 
Okay, so if you don't know by now, women, we love you. I hope that's clear. A benediction before you leave today for all of you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you. Have a great day. Happy Mother's Day, moms. God bless.